then you realize, hey, everyone else goes through that. Mm. Everyone else has his backpack to carry. And I saw big guys in a very masculine presence. And I would like look up to them like, whoa, man, this dude has his shit together. He must be so successful. He must be so attractive to women. He must be all the things. I would put him on a pedestal. I was like, okay, this guy is most probably superior to me. And then in these circles, they suddenly start to open up and they share from the heart and they share what's present for them. And I had tears in my eyes mm. so many times when I only listened to the sharings about men mm. because it just hit a point inside of me, that point of pain, that point of, oh, I can relate. I resonate with what you just shared. And it showed me that whatever the appearance is, whatever the success is, whatever muscles you have, whatever that level would be, there is still an inner child that's most probably wounded and most probably found his own strategies to cope, but never really found uh, your healthy, true authenticity that wants to just be expressed. Welcome to the Heart of Man podcast, a podcast for any man seeking to live in alignment with his deepest core and lead a life of profound meaning and connection. I'm your host, Alex Lehman, and I'm here to empower you through transformative conversations, eye-opening insights, and practical wisdom. Join me now as we venture into the heart of man. Let's dive in. Jacob Horvat is a men's coach, adventurer, and meditation teacher, guiding men to their purpose, authenticity, and wildest potential. He's also the host of the Thousand First Steps podcast, a show dedicated to supporting others in their own personal exploration and growth. Back in 2016, Jacob decided to step away from his well-paying job as a TV journalist and embarked on a 14-month journey of self-discovery. His travels took him across the world, consistently pushing him to his own personal edges, from hitchhiking through Europe, to sailing on a cruise ship to North America, to doing a three-day vision quest, to spending time with indigenous shamans in the Amazon jungle, and even completing an ultramarathon in Maui, Jacob's journey became a catalyst for personal transformation. Inspired by his own profound shifts, he decided to leave his old career behind and underwent the training to become a coach dedicated to helping others uncover their potential and find deeper connection within themselves. I personally met Jacob on a seven-day men's retreat in Bali alongside 24 other men at the beginning of 2023, and we've cultivated a strong friendship through our time together. In this conversation, we specifically dive deeply into the realm of men's work, attempting to bring a deeper understanding of what it is, and we share our personal experiences of being immersed in spaces where men can come together to intentionally explore their edges. What followed was a rich discussion, sharing our own experiences of growing up as men and the expectations that the society imposes on so many of us. And from there, we shed light to what was required so we could step into a deeper space of integration and wholeness within ourselves. As our conversation unfolds, we explore a path forwards for men, offering insights into how as men, we can foster a deeper connection within ourselves. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did whilst recording it. Jacob, my friend, welcome to the Heart of Man podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I feel so excited to have you. How are you doing today? I'm feeling great, man. I feel honored to be here. Mm. Thank you. Thank I must say, much. yeah, you're so welcome, my friend. I must say, I've done a, a few of these interviews now, and I must say that, you know, considering as well that I'm 
filling in a new role in my life, let's say with a podcast host, mm. there was this sense of nervousness. There was this sense of trepidation that I would always find myself in before the interview. But I must say with you, this is the first time where I feel much more a sense of excitement, much more a sense of calmness and peace. And I feel as well, it has something to do with just the energy and the presence that you exude out. So I just want to really acknowledge you here there. Thank you. Jacob, there's so much that I want to get into with you, um, specifically around your journey, specifically around men's work, mm. and as well, everything that you've seen from your lens, from your perspective of being a man. But before we start, I would just love to have a moment for you just to share with the audience, first of all, who is Jacob? Um, what are you doing in the world and how you came to do what it is that you're doing? So perhaps you want to just offer us a few moments, sure. a few minutes just to share that. A few big questions. <laughs> I've been exploring those for a long time. <laughs> um, who is Jacob? That's a big one. Um, Jacob is curious, really, really curious. I've been curious since my very childhood. That got me in trouble often, you know, exploring the edges, doing things you were not supposed to do. I'm sure many of us know how that feels like. And looking back at that, it's kind of the red string through my life. I have a great passion for discovering life. I feel so passionate about trying new things, uh, you know, traveling, going out there, uh, meeting new people, having conversations like this one. I could just talk for hours, you know, these kind of deep talks about life and the universe and about the meaning of life and all of that. And at the same time, I oftentimes felt um, confused on this path because the more you discover about yourself, the more you realize, I don't really have a clue about what this all is really about. Right. I can just be curious and curious and curious and acknowledge that I actually don't know shit. Mm. And that was something that humbled me many times that once and whether that's in a spiritual practice like yoga, like I, I've been teaching yoga for a few years and I'm a meditation teacher and uh, a coach. And so mm -hmm. now exploring all of these fields, the, the deeper I go in it, the more I realize how many more layers there are, or I, yeah. I don't even know how many more there are. But every time when I, I feel like I understand something, yeah, I just realize, okay, there is another level and another level and another level. And that really started to in the beginning uh confuse me a bit because mm. my mind wanted to find the answers and it was always asking these questions once i could let go of the need of finding those answers and just really journeying along exploring mm. dancing with life mm. with the highs and the lows that was when I found a deep state of peace yeah, and kind of a more natural state of being mm. uh, without always having to be somewhere else, go somewhere else. Mm. So that whole discovery process really um, of discovering myself, finding myself, however you want to call that, and however that self is that we discover. Uh, brought me in that on that whole journey of of coaching because I feel it's a very natural thing for us human beings. Once you discover something that is helping you, you want to bring that forth 
Yeah. It's it's I think it's natural to us human beings to be of service and then realizing, oh, this has helped me. Now let's see how I can use this and my experience to actually help others. So that's a very, very brief version and a very, very short answer to a big Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I'm hearing a number of attributes that are that seem to be an expression of just who Jacob is, and I've definitely seen that in you. Just this explorative nature, the mm-hmm. curiosity that you exude out, the the openness, mm-hmm. right? And as well, how that has shaped you in your life. Uh, really, what I found really interesting, what you said as well, was this. I'm going to call it a quality of humility mm-hmm. around acknowledging that you don't know the answers and actually the attempt to find all the answers can be a trap in itself, right? And that is maybe something that we can as well uh, tap into. And it sounds like you've been on a very big uh, discovery journey. And a few months ago, we actually met each other during a week-long men's retreat. Oh, man. And journey that was. Yeah, absolutely, wasn't it? <laughs> Crazy. And this is something I really want to segue into with you, Jacob. Yeah. I really want to hear what what sparked you into exploring that type of work, coming together with a group of men. Was that something that you did before? Was that like a first time experience? And yeah, where did you find the curiosity to something like this? I've been drawn to men's work for a couple of years. I lived in Costa Rica for a year. So I I live a nomadic lifestyle. I don't really have a home base. I'm trying since three years, since I gave up my apartment in Vienna. And I lived in Costa Rica for a year, and that that was when I connected with other brothers in a more conscious way, mm-hmm. you know, joining men's circles and men's groups and and realizing how immensely powerful that is and how beautiful it is to actually share a space with, with other men in a safe way and where you can just really be authentic and vulnerable and you don't have to compete or try to be someone else you can actually just whatever you feel in that present moment um put it there and it's being held in the container so i was drawn to that um already and then when i came to bali i knew part of me knew that there is a deeper meaning for me to come to bali a hmm. year now since four months i'm actually leaving tomorrow yeah so yeah, yeah. it's the very last moment for us to have this conversation um and a part of me knew that it's going to be tricky. Mm. Right? It's going to be very uncomfortable. It was a deeper knowing that even uh, made me consider to cancel my flights. I didn't even want to come. And when right. I was here, I just wanted to escape. I wanted to run away. That's interesting. What was what was happening for you that you kind of wanted to go there? Just a lot of emotions. A lot mm. of emotions I've separated from my girlfriend last year. Um... I was in a in a pl- not in a really good place within myself. Right. I, I I felt like a little bit disconnected from my purpose, a little bit disconnected from my spirit, a little bit disconnected from my you know true presence in life. And I knew Bali would be a catalyst for whatever wanted to be seen. And Bali can do that. I mean, hmm. everyone who has been here for a while have, might have experienced similar things. This island, like. It has a very feminine energy. It's very flowy. There's a lot of water here. And then especially me arriving in Ubud, where there's like all these rivers flowing through the city. And it's really destined to just really bring up whatever wants to be seen and felt. And it's, they say like body doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. Interesting. And sometimes what you want can be what you need. In my case, that wasn't the case. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I came here and I was overwhelmed with, with, with emotions. And, um, I realized a pattern that, uh, I also had in my past relationships, for example, whenever things got really emotional, difficult, too intense, too deep, too intimate with a partner, I would already look for the back door. I would mm. have a hard time really committing to yeah. the whole journey, the whole process. I was good doing this with myself, like mm. when I was traveling the world and all these things. Uh, but in, in, in relation to someone else, that was oftentimes not what happened. Yeah. And then I realized that pattern, me wanting to escape again, now that my relationship was with Bali, you know, mm. and it made me realize, shit, man, you're here to just really face a much deeper mm. issue that has been in my life for a very mm. long time. Mm. Once I realized that and I said, okay, now is the time. Yeah, this is a great opportunity now. I committed to the journey. I committed to being here and facing whatever comes up. And then once I did that, the synchronicities, the magic started to happen. And the men's retreat, to answer your question, was one of the, those synchronicities. It just just showed up. I never, like, I was drawn to Tantra mm. for a while. And I know a little bit about it, but I have never been on a Tantra retreat, especially not a Tantra men's retreat. But when I read the description of the initiation journey where we've met, I was, I had a full body response to it. I had goosebumps. My heart rate started to increase. I got, had tears in my eyes. I actually started mm. to cry when I read that wow. description. I knew you got to do this. I had mm. no idea what I was getting myself mm. into, but I just felt a full yes. And it was such a transformative yeah. experience. Wow, beautiful. There's so much that you... Um, just said there that I feel could be so valuable for us as well to go into. First of all, I imagine, you know, when you were sharing about your responses, when let's say the emotional chaos arises and how you would distance yourself, how you would avoid or withdraw. Yeah. I imagine that is something a lot of men can relate to. Yes. And I'm wondering what has that journey been like for you to, mm. first of all, why do you believe you would go into that experience of withdrawing mm. and at the same time, what has supported you in maybe starting to lean into that? Yes. So from what I discovered for myself about these patterns and the underlying mm. issues is that I was afraid of my own emotions mm. most of my life. And it has to do with childhood experiences for the most of us. That's the case. Right? Sure. You and I experienced in my childhood um, that a lot of my emotions were not really welcome because mm -hmm. having this explorative nature and also having a lot of fire in me, like a pitta dominance in Ayurveda and like really having a lot of less like Aries kind of spirit of, mm -hmm. you know, just being spontaneous and doing his own thing. And then it's just not a really accepted behavior. So I learned I need to be someone else, um, in order to be accepted. Right. Otherwise it would get me in trouble all the time. And it was exhausting. So I created that strategy for myself. Okay, there are certain emotions that I need to suppress and uh, in order to be who others wanted me to be. Yeah. And that didn't work out so well, obviously. I mean, mm. I still did my own thing and I still was that rebel and rebellious and, and kept me in a few different stories and troubles. But what I came to realize only now, and I've been working on this for a few years, but I feel this was what I meant with there's even deeper layers to, to discover, was that through suppressing that, I was actually ignoring my inner feminine. Can you speak about 
that inner feminine and just define that as well for the audience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we all have, and that's the very nature of existence, uh, masculine and feminine energies in, in us. It's out there in nature. You can observe it everywhere. You have Mother Earth and Father Son, and when mm. both of them unite, life is created. And you will see it in the seeds of nature, and you will see it how they grow, but they always need masculine and feminine energy. Mm. So the, the feminine energy in a, in a human system would be, and that's a very short description. I'm sure, sure, sure. You can talk for hours about this, but would be emotions, energy. You know, energy by itself is the feminine inside of us. And then the masculine would be consciousness, presence, would be the space where the energy can move through. So what I realized was not that I had a bad relationship with my inner feminine, with my inner woman, with my emotions, but I had none. Mm. Because every time I would feel emotions like anger or rage, I was pretty good in suppressing it for the most part. And then sometimes it would just explode. Like in a relationship with my ex-partner, I would just like fucking go wild. And right. I don't even know why. Yeah. You know, and it would be completely um, exaggerated. Yep. And, and so it was basically, and it helps me to look at it this way, my inner woman, my inner queen, my, my emotional uh energetic system that was raising both hands and like waving and saying hey man here i am look at me please look at me i i have to say something i have a message to deliver and i did not hear i was distracting myself i was in my 20s i would go out partying a lot meeting a lot of women that was my go-to strategy to get sure. validation from the outside uh, and not needing to face those kind of emotions that would arise when I would be alone. And then alcohol, drugs, you, know, you name it. And up until today, I can realize some of these patterns that come back every now and then. And that, for me, was a game changer, really, to, to start integrating that part of myself. Yeah. And I think this is what emotions are really here uh, to to tell us is to, you know, it's, it's a signal. It's, it's an invitation to become more whole. Mm. And as we men have never really learned to build a healthy relationship with our emotions or with our inner feminine, like for most men, if you would say, if you would ask them, what's your relationship with your inner woman, they would look at you like, what the fuck what is that? Fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know? Right. And that's just part of what it is. It's part of our culture, part sure. of our societies. Nobody teaches us that. Yeah. And yet it's so fucking essential. Yeah. And this is what men's work is about, right? Mm. It's about, you know, sharing, also being in your emotions, supporting each other to feel that and actually changing reframing that whole story the whole narrative of men are weak when they feel emotions mm. or express their emotions actually exactly the opposite is true mm. the more you are in tune with your emotions the stronger you are as a man the more you're able to hold your own hold yourself amidst the chaos mm. hold your inner feminine amidst the fluidity and the chaos and the confusion and all the energies that are present mm. and then once you can do that you are way more capable and bringing that forth in a relationship with an external woman. Mm. And you would not depend on her anymore right. to hold your stand. 
much. Yeah, there's so much gold in just what you said. And I, I want to just as well acknowledge how much I can relate to your own journey. And, yeah. you know, our paths are very similar in that way. Yeah, we've been talking about this. Absolutely. Yeah. In so many ways. And yeah, yeah I want to just as well affirm, you know, how my experience growing up and how my emotions were not valid, mm-hmm. that they there, there was no space for them. At least it, that was what was being constantly projected to me mm-hmm. until I started believing that myself, which led to, as you say, me having like not even a bad relationship with it, but just no relationship to it, right? And which is interesting because we all have limitations. We all have desires. We all have certain needs. And so if there is no space to explore what is happening inside of me, how is my day-to-day impacting me? What am I feeling as a result of this conversation that I just had? You know, if, if there is no space for that, you know, there, it's, it's like a, a pressure cooker that is constantly in some way um, where we're trying to keep the lid on. And at the same time, um, as you say, it will lead to these moments where, you know, the, the lid is going to burst and then we have these really extreme moments and I, I can very much relate to those, right? And for us to tend to that part of us that feels, for us to tend to that part of us that may feel tender, that can, first of all, it is an expression of deep, deep courage because there can be so much fear around it, you know, but to build a certain, I'm going to say competence over our emotional landscape, it does, first of all, give us a feeling of deeper wholeness, but then when we have that deeper integration within ourselves, we will not outsource those needs. We will not outsource what we feel like we don't have within onto our partners, which allows us to relate from a space with much more space in between. So I love just what you shared and there's so much beauty in what you just shared. And I feel it comes down to some very basic uh, principles of life itself Mm. and uh, Buddhist teachings tell us that since thousands of years, you know, that whenever you attach to the joy, the light, the love, the beauty, the the comfort, mm. then you are already set up for disappointment yeah. and for uh, for pain, for suffering. Yeah. And if you constantly try to avoid the shadows, the hate, mm. the anger, the fear, then exactly that will happen too. You know, it will cause suffering. And this is what we see in the world because... For some reason, we have learned that it's only only a certain way or a certain energy, a certain state of being is welcome. And that's the state of being that we all kind of want, right? It's it's when we feel great, when we feel amazing, when, you know, everything is love and light. And that's just not what life is. I mean, right. that's part of it, but the shadows are equally important. It's just the other side of the coin. Mm. And... And then now, what what you sh- what you just shared so beautifully, and I think it was very precise and it's well on point, is when we can see the coin, like we don't identify anymore with the one or the other side. We can just see, hey, this is all of life, mm-hmm. and that's one of the main things about tantra, right? Like yeah. the tantra, which and you would know much better. You have much more experience with tantra, like really embracing all of life, and not just the light. Mm. not just the love and the joy because in order to experience love and joy and light we mm. need to also experience the other side yeah. that's just a very basic foundation of duality and and that's how you know 
world works in polarity. <laughs> and I think this problems come with the identification with one side or the other. Because you can also get trapped in your negative emotions and then you identify with them and it's just really hard to get out of yep. them anymore. And feeling them, and this gives a new, it opens up a new dimension of experience when you just get out of the head and out of the judgmental mode and out of the, okay, this is good, this is bad, this I want, this I don't want, and this I will pursue and this I build resistance to, which just takes up a lot of energy. Then you can just go into the body and do exactly what you just said. Feel okay. What's present right now? What's alive? Mm. How is aliveness expressing itself mm. in this very moment through my body? Sure. And suddenly it becomes can it even become an adventure. It becomes mm. it can become a journey of curiosity, exploring that inner inner world mm. that's present right now. And sooner or later, and sure enough, it'll just dissolve. By itself, because mm. it's energy moving, it's energy flowing, it's that feminine that's that's creating some chaos in that moment. It's okay, and then it will it will disappear by itself. Yeah, and we don't have to identify with the drama. Yeah, I believe there's some incredible value in just what you said, and what it what arises for me is as well this idea of building a relationship to pain, building a relationship to discomfort, and what I see with many men mm. that I work with is that there is such an avoidance of pain because often there isn't i'm going to say the skill and the competence to know how to deal with it which brings us the avoidance of pain brings us into a pursuit of pleasure <laughs> and then we're caught in this dopamine cycle and then we get into the porn we get into the sex we get into the food we get into the adventures the travels whatever it is right it's just the next experience after the next mm -hmm. right we're constantly going for the next dopamine experience yeah. and so there is incredible value in building that relationship to pain. However, I believe, you know, just thinking about it right now, I believe as well, it, it comes down to, and this is my opinion, but the sense that I have is we as men don't have the structures to really deal with our pain, right? And this is kind of like where men's work can really come in men's groups, rituals, ceremonies, men coming together in week-long experiences. Um, and it's so needed, right? And I feel like what, what one of the biggest, most, I'm going to say, destructive behaviors can be isolation, right? And often, I, I definitely have that experience within myself as well around that. I do it because I don't want to burden somebody. And I as well don't want to display myself as weak. I don't want to display myself as vulnerable, right? Perhaps this could be a really good segue for us to go into your relationship with men, you know, and how starting to go into these containers consciously around being with other men, how that may have changed your perception of men and how it may have as well been before you started to get into this work. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, as men, we are like not really having that relationship with our emotions. Mm. We don't have that relationship with our heart. Mm. And that means we don't have a relationship with a big part of ourselves. Mm that leads to, we just don't really know who we are, mm. which then leads to 
the other question, why am I here? Mm. What's what's the meaning of it all? Sure. You know, what is this all about? Like it's all suffering and and as you said, the separation is a big part. Suicidal rates are increasing like crazy in the in, in the past years, especially especially amongst men. Mm. And that is because we feel more and more separated from ourselves first and foremost. And as a result of this, also from others, from our partners, from like in our relationship. If if you don't have a healthy relationship to your emotions, how can you be empathetic with your partner? How can you feel her and her needs and what she really needs that moment? How can you even bring up and force that energy to to just you know hold space for her if you're just caught up in your own shit all the time? Yeah. Because you're just not able to hold yourself to be present with what's here for you. And then you distract yourself, as you said, with porn or with, you know, drugs and substances and so many ways to distract ourselves nowadays. It's like so easy. And the instant gratification is right here. Um, and then what man's work did for me and what being with other brothers did for me was it eventually opened up a whole new possibility of seeing myself. Mm-hmm. Because I thought for a very long time that I would be alone with this. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it's not okay to feel a certain way as a man because this is what our culture is in, in most part of westernized parts of the world tell us. You know, as a man, you got to be this way or that way. And you can't be that way because then you're weak. And you need to be competitive and you need to be, you know, very, very focused and, and, and success driven and you have need to have your status and your big car and all these things. And once I realized, hey, almost everyone else, every other man that I met, like on, on this like more conscious level, let's say, what do I mean by that? is, you know, being more aware of one's emotions, actually being able to talk about your emotions in a circle, for example, just feeling your emotions. Many men don't even feel it. I work with men in my coachings and oftentimes we would start off with just really starting the first one, two, three sessions even to enhance and and uh, activate that inner potential of just really feeling what is here. Yeah. They are just numb oftentimes. When I ask them what's present right now, it's and then you're in your head all the time, circling around. I think it's that. I think it's that. And it's like, get out of your head, get into your body. And we do embodiment practices and all of that thing. And then eventually, those things will start to appear. Or they are there anyways. But then will, you'll be able to feel them. So when I interact with men on that level and our, you know, the conversations we had and, and the way we interacted with each other, you and I, and also in the men's retreat, is, is a very, very high level of emotional awareness, mm. basically. And then you realize, hey, everyone else goes through that. Mm. Everyone else has his backpack to carry. And I saw big guys, like, very, like, in a very masculine presence. And I would, like, look up to them, like, whoa, man, this dude has his shit together. He must be so successful. He must be so attractive to women. He must be with all the things. I would put him on a pedestal. I was like, okay, this guy is most probably superior to me. And then in these circles, they suddenly start to open up and they share from the heart and they share what's present for them. And then like, I had tears in my eyes so many times when I only listened to the sharings about men Mm. because it just hit a point inside of me, that point of pain, that point of, oh, I can relate. I resonate with what you just shared. 
And it showed me that whatever the appearance is, whatever the success is, whatever the you know, muscles you have, be that mental muscles or physical muscles or, you know, financial muscles, <laughs> uh, whatever that level would be, there is still an inner child that's most probably wounded and most probably found his own strategies to cope, yeah. but never really found uh, your healthy, true authenticity that wants to just be expressed in this beautiful life of ours, right? And that connecting on this very deep level has changed my life, really, because suddenly I see my own issues as, as, as a part of the whole and not just shit that I have to deal with. I love hearing how valuable these experiences were for you. And uh, it's, yeah, it feels really important for me to get into this and maybe open the door for some men who have never explored this work it really sounds like you were able to step out of the framework that you were given around who to be as a man and how to be as a man. And it allowed you a space where you could expand that and, as you say, allow more of that emotional landscape as well to be present and not just present, but as well okay and fully welcome. Right. And it sounds like you as well, you know, where you would perhaps project certain attributes to a certain man that you would see in the space. And then you would recognize, shit, this guy is just as human as I am. <laughs> yeah. This guy is dealing with the same things that I'm dealing with. Right. He has the same pain. He has the same fears. He has the same shame. Yeah. Whatever is here, we're not that different, right? And it's, it's yeah. such a liberating uh, revelation and insight yeah. that's really yeah. just liberating the heart and all the pressure from yeah. off and like, absolutely we are in this together like mm. this human experience we are in this together and uh, this this right here this is something i really want to get into like this idea of we're in this together because in so many ways there is this perception that we need to compete as you say yeah and i had this perception my whole life that i can't trust other men mm. but as well i've received a lot of hurt you know by men May it be starting with my father, may it be being bullied in school, may it be just in general always feeling like I need to one-up another man, right? Or I feel like I'm less than a man. It's like this constant relationship with more than, less than. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, what was your experience around that? And what has it been like to step into this, we're in it together? Yeah, I'll, very much what you just shared. I experienced that too for most of my life. And I still have it, you know, truth be told, it's mm. still there. It's not like just gone forever. I think it's a constant practice and a constant reminder of tapping back into what's true, what's really true, like what's just the bullshit we learned and all the conditioning and what's, where's the deeper truth and that you can actually feel in your body. When you learn to attune to what's present in your body, you will feel what is true and what is not. And I was, for most of my life, I would either put other men, especially men, also women, but I think there is a certain, as you said, a certain relationship to other men that we um, uh, have just been taught. You know, how do you relate to other men? Because we never learned that in a healthy way as they did in tribes, for example. Maybe we can talk about that in, in, in yeah, a second. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so not really having, and that's one of the biggest issues we face as men today is we don't have healthy role models. Mm -hmm. We don't have... You know, there's a lot of absence of father, real fatherhood, like, because we live in a society where people are told you have to work, you know, many people are stuck in the rat race. They just work a lot of hours every week and then they get to spend a few hours 
uh, if at all, with their children. My father has worked so much because he wanted to support his family. Right. He had the best intentions. Yep. I love him, you know? Mm. And I know that this, there was a, a huge absence of healthy uh, fatherhood mm. that was not displayed to me. I couldn't learn what that was really about and how to relate to other men and how to cultivate a healthy masculine mm. inside of you, how to relate to women. What is this whole love thing really about? And there's so many questions that we just get lost in yeah. and through that absence. And I think what what this comes down to then is how can we reestablish that in modern days? I think that's one of the bigger bigger questions. And that's where men's work can, can just really uh, fill that space mm -hmm. and actually change the whole way that children grow up today. Mm by changing the whole narrative in in society of yeah. what it means to be a man it's a paradigm it's a, it's a shift in the paradigm mm. i think it's really really big and we're in it and the more men i talk to there's like a lot of of awareness that's coming up yeah. and that when we can actually learn to meet each other on eye level no matter what your journey is no matter what my journey is or was so far there is no need, there is not, not a single percent need of putting you on a pedestal, seeing you as superior to me, and then going down the rabbit hole of all the limiting beliefs, and I'm not good enough, and you're better, and this guy has his shit together, and I have not. But actually, or the other way around, like putting myself as superior, I did that often too. felt like, okay, I, I'm more superior than you because I've done this, this, and that, or I have this job, and... um that much money and that much spiritual experience that happens in spirituality a lot like the spiritual ego especially in Bali especially in Bali <laughs> yeah I mean that's I mean it's a thing right and the, the ego would just dress in a different costume and it would look more nice and more airy fairy and flowy I would like talk all about sacred and you know sacredness of things and the oneness and it's rarely lived it's rarely embodied yeah our, our value you know, as we recognize it, it's still projected outwardly, right? We're still looking, who am I relative to this person? Am I better? Am I less? Yes. Right? And yes. what do I have? What do this, that's the, what does this person have? It's this constant comparison. But that's what we learn from school. Absolutely. That's very young age. We learn exactly, that. Right? We get that kind of ingrained and embody that. <laughs> 100%, right? So it kind of as well points to you know, what's really as well at fault, I'm going to say, is the structures that we have in our society, which condition us into a certain way of being. I would love to magnify the lens a little bit to one thing that you said, Jacob, which was this absence of male role models and the, the absence of fatherhood. I'm curious, why do you believe that is so important? And maybe you can speak as well a little bit about what the absence of maybe your father being present, how, how did that impact you? And yeah, maybe as well, what, yeah, what, what has that led that to yeah. at the end? Um, that's a big question. And, um, um, I want to answer it in a personal way, cause I always appreciate, you know, personal stories and in interviews and I, I usually I'm most, I'm most, most drawn to, to vulnerable sharings of that kind. And, you know, in my childhood, my dad, and I know he did his best, 
you know, he was overwhelmed himself. So oftentimes mm, he would come, like my, my parents met in Croatia on the beach. My dad is Croatian. My mom is Austrian. And they met on the beach. And then seven years later, my dad moved to Austria and he didn't speak any German. And he studied, like had two university degrees from Zagreb, Croatia, but he couldn't work. Like he had like these very like not well-paid jobs because he didn't speak German that well. So he, you know, he had was in his own journey. He struggled. He, you know, then there was suddenly a kid's son and he wanted to take the best care of it and earn money. And eventually he got really good jobs and he became like a manager in companies and then was traveling a lot. And what we only unraveled a few years ago together and we've been working on this together since my dad opened up more and more to 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 these kind of topics because most of his life he was very closed, very in his mind, very, you know, no, this is not, you know, that's bullshit and no, let's not even talk about it. So what he came to realize and what I came to realize is that, you know, it's just how it goes. He has learned that from his father. Mm-hmm. He has learned certain things from his father and from his mother and he was just passing it on. And that's what happens over generations, over generations, over generations. Yeah. Now, if you go back to, my dad was born in 53. Um, that was a few years after World War II ended. And a lot of us folks growing up in Central Europe, there is like our grandfathers and oftentimes fathers, they have been uh, directly affected by the war. So that was a whole different mindset, a whole different way of living, a whole different outlook on life, a whole different you know, perception of purpose and what it means to be a man. A man had to fight in the fucking war and most probably was involved in one way or another in some very cruel things. So that's an energy that's present in a whole generation, millions and millions of men. And there was not like today the modalities or the awareness, the consciousness that there is actually tools for us in order to access that and work with that and process that. So it's just passed on. Hurt people hurt people. And I experienced violence in my childhood from my father. And now I can speak openly about it because I have, you know, I've worked through this together with my dad. We went through some forgiveness rituals together, which was some of the most beautiful experience I ever had. We both cried like a long time you know, forgiving each other everything. It's just such a beautiful ritual that I can really recommend to anyone who wants to, you know, get started on this, you know, sit down, write down actually three things. And you can do this with both parents. Uh, I found it especially helpful with my father. And the first thing you write down is actually not what am I forgiving you? So, you know, all the bad things that you did as my father. Um, But actually you start to ask, for forgiveness, for Mm. all the things that you can think of. You write a very long list of the small and the big ones, the trouble, the stress you caused your parents, all the times where they were freaking out because you were not doing what you were supposed to do, like everything you can think of, write it down. The second thing is uh, you then offer forgiveness and you say, okay, I forgive this, this and that. And then you write a list, everything that you can think of. Every time you beated me, every time I felt alone and I felt unloved and I felt unworthy because you did this and that to me. And you just be really, really honest and authentic with this. And then the third question would be, I'm, that's what I'm thankful, that's what I'm grateful for. And those three things, once you have that, the next step would be, 
you know, invite your father into a conversation and just offer this kind of ritual to him, provide a, a, a beautiful space, light some candles, put on some good music and really invite your father into this. Say, hey, dad, there is a beautiful thing I want to do with you and it will strengthen our relationship. It will bring forth more love, more understanding, more compassion for each other. And what it is for my father, it has opened up a whole new reality for him mm. because he was judging himself his whole life for the things he did in my childhood to me, to my sister, to others, because he was just not aware. Nobody ever taught him that. Yeah. And you cannot judge one uh, somebody who is not aware of what he's doing. He's doing what he was capable of doing. He was trying really his best. So um, what it did for me was um, that my relationship with my father and with myself started to evolve in a whole new way. I'm at peace with everything that happened now because I know it has made me the man I am today. And it's, it's not just that. I mean, it's, it's obviously a lot of things that add and contribute to that realization. But if you are a happy, fulfilled man today, if you feel like most of the time you're living a pretty good life, if you're content, if you can be grateful for the small and big things in life, and just fucking make peace with your past, man, because it has all brought you where you are today. <laughs> and there is no need to judge anymore anything that happened or wishing for anything to be different, <laughs> especially when it comes to the relationship with your father. Mm -hmm. Just forgive, man. Forgive. There's so much freedom in that. Mm -hmm. It's a liberation of the heart when you can just really mm -hmm. forgive what was and forgive not just from the mind. And okay, yeah, man. No, forgive because you now know that you know, it's just, it's just the way it was. Yeah. It's just really the way life expressed itself. Through <laughs> yeah. Itself yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for your vulnerable share and as well offering this exercise to our listeners. Um, I, yeah, just hearing it, I as well see value in exploring that exercise with myself. And I was very surprised, like op positively surprised by the first part of the exercise, which is exploring, you know, what have I done where I can maybe ask for forgiveness? And I imagine as well, that brings so much more, I'm going to say equanimity towards my perspective to what happened, you know, because it, it can be so easy when we have been hurt, when we've been impacted by someone's actions to constantly have the lens out there. You're, you're the perpetrator. You did this. You're the bad one, right? And I'm the, I'm the innocent one. I'm the victim. I'm the good one, right? And just to see that, oh, no, we, we, we co-mingle. We come together in this way. I'm curious, before you were able to get into that step of forgiveness, was there a time where you had to as well acknowledge the impact of his actions or acknowledge, or like if you have done this you know, forgiveness exercise with another, did you have to as well have a time where you needed to be angry and where you needed to just own you know, this is what happened and I'm fucking pissed off about it. You know, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm sad. Yeah, yeah totally. I think this is important because oftentimes this gets stuck. I guess traumatizing experience mm. when we have as children. Yeah. When our parents, our father, our mother, who are supposed to take care of us, who mm. loved, are supposed to love us unconditionally, because without that love, we would just die. You know, as a, as a child, you can't survive if your parents are at or that there's no one there who takes care of you. 
So it's an existential need. And when this is not happening, it's trauma. Like as chill as childs, we are overwhelmed. Our nervous system can't handle it. So that energy that whatever is present there is gets stuck in the body because it cannot move through. It's not processed. And then when every single time when you're triggered nowadays, this might be exactly that wound inside that's so old that you might not even remember in a conscious way where it's coming from. But that's why it's so important to feel your emotions mm -hmm. because those emotions, they point the salty finger to the wound and they would stick the finger into the mm -hmm. wound and it will fucking hurt. It will be painful. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel that and then suddenly maybe there is an anger behind the sadness or there is a sadness behind the anger and behind the fear. And oftentimes there's a lot of grief yeah. and it's important to feel that. It's important to allow the space for that to happen. And then this can in a natural way leave the body. It can flow through. The trauma can be released. And we did that in a men's retreat too, right? With like an inner child work, for example, where you just then start to, I do this in my coachings, which is such, oftentimes such a powerful um, technique to, to guide people back into the childhood, into that energy they felt back then, into the sadness, into the grief. Can you describe the process around that? What that, what that looks like? Maybe it's, just it's, it's pretty individual. Yeah. Usually it depends on, you know, where the person is, what the experience was, but often what, what usually happens is we follow that and stream of energy. Mm. And then at some point there would be a question like, are you familiar with this feeling? Mm. Do you, can you recognize that from uh, an earlier point in your life? Mm. And very, very often it would lead back to a childhood experience. It would lead back. Okay. I was, then I asked me, how old were you back? And I was six, six years. Can you describe what happened? They describe the situation and then tell, okay, feel into that. Imagine, you know, we, we accompany that with breath, with breathing and, and, and movement and really moving the energies and then allowing for that to all emerge. And then once you are present in that moment, you can suddenly see some certain connections in the body. You can start to access that, feel that. And then maybe, okay, what is it that you wanted to tell your father your whole life? Mm. Now is the chance. And then as a coach, for example, I can sit across and I can just say, okay, tell it to me. I'm your father now. I go fucking wild. Hmm. You're allowed to say every swear word you can think of. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to scream. You're allowed to, you know, punch a pillow. You're allowed to, to just as long as you don't hurt yourself or others, express that. Express that emotion and tell your father what you wanted to tell him your whole life. Because back then as a child, you were either not allowed to do that you were scared to do it or you were just not capable because right. you were a child you didn't know you didn't know better so and then this is all the process of of accessing the deepest wounds and releasing them in a healthy way not suppressing them not distracting from it because it will come back we know that right yeah it will come back it yeah. will come back in our relationships it will come back in the way we attract our partners it will come back in the way we interact with other men mm. these childhood wounds are nasty and they are valuable, yeah. so valuable when yeah. you can learn to see it as part of the bigger picture. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I felt it was important just to as well speak around validating and just acknowledging what may have happened. And as you say, giving as well that part of us, that aspect of us that has been hurt, that is angry, that is sad, as well the permission piece to open that valve and to just express whatever needs to be expressed and i want to as well name for anybody who has never done this before 
I, I believe it's definitely conducive to do those things in a safe environment, maybe be in a safe group environment or, you know, working with a professional facilitator on this one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I, I definitely just want to as well name that. And uh, yeah, I mean, as well, just speaking into this acknowledgement piece around what happened, happened, right? And, and just coming as well into terms and coming into acceptance with that. Because as you said, you know, we wouldn't be who we are today yeah. without the experiences um, that we had, right? And it comes, maybe I can jump in here because uh, it, you mentioned it before. It, it, it again comes down to our relationship with the discomfort, our relationship with pain. Um, if we learn to experience pain and fear and anger and rage and all these darker emotions, uh, instead of suffering from it, yeah, suffering from it because we want to resist it, that's when the suffering is created, um, then we allow for um, a whole new experience of life, yeah. basically. And to me, this has happened in... When I traveled the world for 14 months, I hitchhiked from Vienna to America, and that was so far out of my comfort zone. Mm. You know, I never hitchhiked really, I never sailed really, and then I was about to sail across the Atlantic Ocean with with complete strangers on a sailing boat 13 meters long, and uh, whales with passes that were long and in the boat, and like there was this whole huge ocean, and, and there were, I was with my fears. And my seasickness for four days and four nights, I would be seasick. It was the most terrible feeling I ever had. It was so uncomfortable. And what I usually would do, I would do everything that I could to get out of that, you know, to change that. I want to feel, I don't want to feel that way. But there wasn't much I could do when you're out there on the Atlantic Ocean. You can't call mom to pick you up. You can't call a helicopter to pick you up. You can't swim back. You can't, you can't do nothing. You have to ride it out, literally. And that was an experience for me that was very transformative because now I had to be with it. There was no other way. And through being with that, knowing that this too shall pass, it's one of the greatest teachings ever. Like this too shall pass. It, it, whether that's the joy or the pain, it will pass sooner or later because that's the very nature of existence. Everything changes. So when I was in that and then after going through that, and on the other side, emerging, I felt I was emerging as a new, as a new uh, person, as a new man, because suddenly I had the embodied feeling of that challenge, mm -hmm. of that pain, of that seasickness, of that suffering. And that was of such great value because I now felt so much stronger and more confident and so much more curious to explore whatever there wanted to be explored. And that led me to the Amazon rainforest doing some, some sketchy things and, and you know, drinking ayahuasca with a shaman somewhere in the deep jungle and, and, and running up the Haleakala volcano from sea level to top, like ultramarathons that I haven't prepared for. And like doing crazy things, to me that was crazy at least back then because I've never done it before. But it has changed the whole way I look at challenges, for example. It has, it has taught me that there is such a treasure in the pain. Mm -hmm. And when you can build that relationship to pain and discomfort, it will be much easier to, to feel into the discomfort when it arises today and not having to escape it all the time. Mm -hmm. That being said, I had a hard time still doing it for Absolutely. years after that journey. 
So I think it's a constant integration process. It's a constant journey of embodying what life really is, what life, you know, what we feel when we are alive. Yeah. And I don't think it ever stops. <laughs> Jacob, thank you so much. You know, I, I feel there's so much richness in your personal journey. And thank you as well for sharing again this journey that you had with the seasickness. I remember when we met um, a few weeks back and you shared that story with me the first time, I just noticed the richness and um, the teachings that are behind that. Um, and I definitely want to get more into your personal story another time. Um, and I want to just as well emphasize this, this value of exploring discomfort, exploring pain, exploring challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've really been diving into psychology and human development for a while, specifically how it is for men. And one thing that I'm really fi uh, finding for myself is that men thrive in challenge, right? And as you say, um, when we can lean into challenges and when we can come to the other side of those challenges, it gives us this feeling of confidence and it gives us as well a feeling of competence, meaning that we feel like we can do hard things, right? And it led to all these, you know, awesome, crazy, hard things that you did with your own life. And so, yeah, perhaps that is just a moment where we can emphasize the importance around pain. Yeah. And adding to what you just said, ultimately, maybe the biggest challenge for us men is to open our heart, mm. you know, to love fully and not being afraid mm. to be hurt yeah. and heartbroken Thank in you. this whole thing. Because this is what you can do all the hard and crazy things. And oftentimes that can be a distraction too. It sure. certainly was for me. Yeah. Unconsciously, I didn't know. I just tried. To me, that was a, a, an access point. It was a, an entrance into spirituality, basically. Like right. seeking the adventure in the outside has led me to, to, to explore the adventures in the inside. But that's different for anyone. But I think ultimately what it comes down to, and I realized that pattern in my own relationships, oftentimes I was just scared as fuck to be hurt. That's why I closed mm -hmm. my heart. That's why I was not able to fully give and receive love, the love of my partners. I, I was backing out. And, and I think ultimately that's the whole journey of life is how can we love this more fully? How can we bring forth love? And that's different for anyone. Yeah. But I think this is what, what the ultimate um, purpose mm. is of all of that. And perhaps this is something that we can go into just to as well to have a few minutes to explore this together. Um, exploring a pathway forwards for men of how to get to that place mm -hmm. and as well feel safe enough to do it. Because I, I, I imagine most, there's a reason why most men don't open their hearts. Yeah. Often it is because they have this perception that it's not safe, yeah. whether it's real that it's not safe or it's a perceived, you know, experience that it's not safe but it is actually right so let's perhaps we can just offer you know 10 to 15 minutes where we can just explore a pathway forwards for men what what do you believe is needed for the modern man today and um how can he go on this path of opening his heart yeah a great question uh, i love to dive deeper into this and love also to hear your you know uh, your take on it sure and your sharings um 
So we already talked about men's circles and men's groups and finding yourself a container where you feel safely held in your authentic expression of your truth, whatever that truth is in a given moment. Very, very essential. And then rituals. And these rituals can be done in groups, for example. We do this in men's retreats this summer, for example, in Austria. Um, in men's groups, this can be done, like embodiment practices. Um, what would that look like? These type of rituals or embodiment I mean, practices, like so many about. different ways. But something that's that I find really, really important is, as a man, we need to, in order to, you know, build a relationship with discomfort, we must face the discomfort, and that can be done in nature, for example, in a really, really good way. Vision quest, mm. you know, that could be. Uh, it has been done for thousands of years by tribes all around the globe. It was a ritual that was designed and created for young men in in the, the rite of passage into adulthood, basically. And they would go out in the forest for three days, three nights, sometimes longer, with no food, oftentimes also with no water, no distractions whatsoever, you know, and just be with everything in nature, face the fear of being alone in the forest, face the darkness, face everything that comes up, just be with it. It's such a powerful ritual. It's so powerful. I've done this in Tenerife on my world trip. And yeah, so scary. And it was so powerful. It was amazingly powerful. It was my preparation for my Atlantic crossing, basically, because I was now, and you have the, 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 the you know, weirdest dreams and, and like these weird environments. And then it's, it shows you something. It, it can really show you something. I heard people sharing that they had suddenly appear great visions for their life. I talked to men. I just interviewed a beautiful man uh, from my own podcast two days ago. And you know, part of his involvement as a man was spending extended amounts of time, whole summer, completely in solitude in nature. Like just grabbing your tent and going out there for as long as you can <clears throat> and just do that and see what happens, you know without the need of, of having it any certain way, but just the intention of getting more comfortable with the discomfort. Very, very powerful. I feel this is these rituals, they have been brought forth by tribes, by elders, shamans, medicine men. Like in those tribes, they had the male role models. They had someone in the tribe who would teach the younger man what it, what it means to be a man in this tribe. What are your responsibilities? What are the risks? What are the chances? What are, you know, what, what are you just supposed to do? How are you supposed to act? How are you supposed to fight? How are you supposed to be a warrior? How are you supposed to be a lover? You know, it comes down to these male archetypes <laughs> that, you know, the, the magician, the warrior, the lover, and the king. In all of these archetypes, we have it in us ever since man exists, basically. And we can access that. And those rituals and that kind of work is important for us to mature, mature out of the boyish behavior, out of the boyish kind of, uh, you know, way of dealing with life. Mm. And, and you can see that in so many examples out in the world. I don't want to name anyone now, but I, I'm, I'm sure if we talk about this, uh, a lot of names will come to mind Sure, everyone where there is actually very powerful men in the world that are actually wounded boys, mm. wounded boys in the male grown-up body 
trying to act as grown-up men, but they're not. They are acting from their childhood wounds, and they have found their strategy to gain more and more power and more and more money and abuse the world and destroy nature and treat women disrespectfully and all the things. And so it's essential. It's, it's, it's so essential. It's not something that we should do or could do. I think it's something that we must do. We as men have that responsibility and also the privilege to live nowadays in a time and space where it's possible you know, to gain all that information, mm-hmm. to tap into very ancient wisdom, tribe wisdom, and and all of that that has just worked for humanity for, for so long. <laughs> and now then have like using modern technology like we do right now to actually talk about these things and access pools of knowledge and information and connect with other brothers all around the world in men's groups online, for example. And if you don't have a men's group or if you don't know where to look for one, just create one. Yeah, just create one. Just, That's it. just invite a few a few men where you feel like, hey, are you interested? Let's just hop on a call. You don't even have to call it a men's circle in the first place. Just just do it. There's really not much to it. 100%. And then open a space that's non-judgmental and safe and start sharing from the heart. Everyone has a few minutes and then share what's present for you. The more often you do that, the more comfortable you'll you'll get in just really sharing what's present, mm-hmm. not just what you feel others would think of you would be nice to share. No, you just share what's real, and then you just become more real. Mm-hmm. There is so much value in what you just said. I want to just reflect a few things back, you know, just as well for our sure. listeners to I'd, grasp out. Yeah, I'd love to First hear one. your your take on that. Please, please, yeah. I mean, I think everything that you had to say is the thing that I would have wanted to express as well. I mean, the first thing that you said, men, you know, need to be in community with other men. And, and that's, you know, one of the philosophies that I really live by. Men need men. Right? We need to be in the presence of other men. We need to experience the transmission of uh, manhood. And, and as well, we learn through embodiment. We learn through the transmission of other men. We need male role models, right? There is an absence of elderhood that is present there is an absence of mentorship that is present so where can we find those mentors where can we find those elders that we look up to that we aspire perhaps to be or maybe there are certain qualities that we aspire from that person because without that vision we don't necessarily know where we're going right so i believe there's so much value in exploring that you spoke of the value of ritual you explored rites of passage And what they really point to for me is having an experience where we can tap into um, our own state of powerlessness in a conscious way, right? You know, and and there's all kinds of rituals. Ultimately, they're about stretching our capacity to such a degree where we break, let's say, physically or in a part of our psyche. Mm -hmm. And that need to break, that need to be humbled is so necessary because without it, we will not recognize that there is something bigger that we're in relationship with that is holding us, right? That we have no ability to meet with its power. And so we have to be humbled by it so we can then be of service to it and be in connection with it. So any practices that allow us to connect to that essence, whatever you want to call it, right? Practices that connect us to our essence, practices that connect us to nature, practices that connect us to community. Those, I really believe, are really necessary. And 
as well speaking into the value of this modern technology which allows us to as well learn about these things i mean i've I've learned so much about this topic of manhood, masculinity, and just, you know, the growth journey just through books, podcasts, you know, having these type of conversations with people. And I, I, I as well loved how you ended it around this idea of if you don't have a men's circle, fucking create one. Yeah. Like, you have that power. Yeah. Every person has that power in themselves, so right? And it, whatever you want to exactly. And it requires just that step, you know, of leaning into a vulnerability leaning into oh what the, will that other person may think of me if i you know propose this fucking lean into it and leaning into healthy mature masculinity as a leader you know mm -hmm. taking on that leadership role that you might have been scared of your whole life because that's what masculinity like the masculine energy is it's leadership it's purpose driven it's like going for something knowing what you want to do be connected with your power or be connected with the power is you just described it so well. It's just not really my power. It's the power. It's, it's an infinite field of power that's out there. That's creating life every moment and inside of us, in our bodies and in, in, in nature. And when we can, can connect to that field, it's easier to get those downloads from that field and then realize it's not really about me anyways. It's a very limited perspective of me, myself, and I, and to to do what you just shared so beautifully and, and see the bigger picture, that is when a, a true purpose emerges and when true power can be actually activated inside of you. And then that power will flow through you, the divine essence, mm -hmm. you know, that's this beautiful life force energy that's, if everything's aligned in the body, if you take good care of your body, mind, your spirit, your emotions, your heart, if, if, if energy can flow through and breathwork is a great modality for that, right? And then energy work and yoga and meditation, find yours. There's so many things out there. Find what works for you and then start getting to know yourself better and then also getting to know the, 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 bigger, the bigger everything mm. that flows through you. And then use that to tap into your masculine power, create and create value in the mm -hmm. world. And don't be scared of being a leader because mm -hmm. we need leaders. We need real leaders connected to true power and not just to ego power. Jacob, I love this conversation. I loved, I loved just this dynamic that we were in and I loved as well this transaction this exchange where we could share power with each other and that is something that i really feel is the vision for a new story of masculinity moving forwards you know a, a story that welcomes both of us being powerful mm -hmm. and both both of us needing like being able to lift each other up right so thank you thank you for your presence thank well, you for thank your love you so and much. everything thank you so much brother i feel so expanded and empowered too through this conversation thank you for your beautiful great valuable questions mm -hmm. and curiosity thank you for doing this you know mm -hmm. putting in the effort and the work to to create value through your podcast and your work and everything you do mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you brother thank you for the invite so openly received my friend i want to leave with a parting question you spoke about this idea of or you spoke about evoking the part in a man 
that allows himself to open his heart. What do you believe is one thing that a man can do today? Or what is that message that you would like to give to that man, maybe in two to three sentences around um, maybe his desire of opening his heart, maybe, mm. yeah. So whatever you experience today, ask yourself two questions. What is this here to teach me? What would love do right now? And oftentimes this is all you need because what is this here to teach me opens up the possibility for this happens for a reason. And I'm yet to discover that reason. That question opens that up, that space. And the other question, what would love to right now is bringing you in touch with your deepest longing for harmony, balance, and peace. Uh, and it connects you to your heart and that probably solved 99% of all the problems and rest chill the fuck out <laughs> rest just oftentimes we're just so overwhelmed and stressed out and if mm -hmm. you can just rest and be more at peace then a lot of the issues will just dissolve oftentimes by themselves some very valuable parting words where can our listeners find you, Jacob? Sorry. Where can our listeners find you online, Jacob? Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. All right. It's Jacob. Robert. You might put the link in the show notes because I don't want to spell it. I'll make, sh I'll make sure to do that. And on my website, jacobhorvath.com, I offer retreats, one-on-one uh, -on -one coachings, group coachings, especially men's work, men's coachings. Awesome. Um, yep. And my podcast, mm -hmm. Not First Steps. It's been a hard project of mine that I'm doing over three and a half years. I'm in now for, I think, 114 episodes. Wow. And there's a lot of beautiful conversations with men and women um, that, has in, that have inspired me greatly. Incredible. Well, I'll definitely make sure to bring all the links into the show notes. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening to this conversation. And until next time, much love. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your time and attention is truly appreciated. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to stay tuned for my upcoming episodes. And in case you know somebody who would find this episode helpful, I encourage you to pay it forward. Finally, if you've personally been receiving value from the show, one way you're able to support this podcast is by leaving a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Not only does this help more people find the show, but it also supports me in bringing more incredible guests on for the future. I'm your host, Alex Lehman, and until next time, signing off.